And all of that brought me to the point of like either stopping what I enjoyed doing or having a knee replacement. Welcome to The Bee's Knees, a podcast full of articles, interviews, clinical studies, and advice about knee surgery, physical therapy, and life after knee surgery. Welcome to The Bee's Knees podcast. This is your host, PJ Ewing. Today we have an interesting conversation between Mary Elliott from the X10 office in Michigan and her patient, Karen Fatal. As you could hear, Karen had to face a tough situation. Was she going to go forward with a total knee replacement or live a lifestyle that was certainly not her own and uh, really compromised by the lack of mobility? Uh, Karen and Mary uh, share all in this relatively short conversation about what it's like to have a total knee replacement, what it's like to work with Dr. Jason Cochran, who did the surgery, as well as what it's like to have the X10 in your home afterwards for your recovery. Here is an insightful conversation between Mary Elliott and Karen Fatal. Hi, everyone. I am here today with lovely Karen. This is Mary Elliott from X10 Therapy. Uh, we're going to speak with Karen today, and she's going to enlighten us about her knee recovery, her knee surgery, and everything that you know came before that and everything that followed it so far. So I'm going to introduce Karen. Karen, why don't we start off by you telling us a little bit about yourself and who you are? Okay, um, my name is Karen Fatal. I am 55 years old and uh, a late in life tennis enthusiast. Um, I didn't start playing active tennis until I was in my mid 40s and uh, fairly soon into it tore my meniscus, which started the whole avalanche of knee issues. Um, they went in to clean up the meniscus and found that I had a cartilage defect all the way through to the bone. And we tried pretty much every option before knee replacement so that I could stay active on my existing joint. Um, I tried Synvisc injections over, I don't know, at least four or five sets of it, which bought me some time. And I had a microfracture performed which is where they drill into the bone on the end of the knee and make it bleed into the joint. You stay non-weight-bearing for six weeks, and that clot forms scar tissue, which acts like cartilage, which worked for a little while until I then wore it off on the other side of the knee joint. And all of that brought me to the point of like either stopping what I enjoyed doing or having a knee replacement. Okay, so explain why you wouldn't immediately have a knee, knee replacement. You know, why would you go through all of those other uh, procedures before you had knee surgery? What was the reasoning behind that? Well, the physicians at, at that point discourage you from having, they try to postpone a knee replacement until after 50. I was probably 45 when my issues started. So they kept trying to push it later and later because although joint replacements have evolved and now last much longer. At the time, they were thinking 10 to 15 years, and it would mean multiple surgeries through your lifetime. Um, you also have, I mean, a much better health outlook the longer that you can stay on your own joint with your own material in your knee. 
Okay, so that makes sense why you, you took that path. Okay, so now, all right, by, by the way, so now you have somebody you've been working with. Did you work, the surgeon who did your knee surgery, was he also the one who gave you guidance all along the way? No, I actually saw Dr. Dodds in East Lansing for the majority of my care. Um, she does not do knee replacements, but she had recently had one done by Dr. Cochran. So when I got to the point where I needed it, she immediately directed me to him. Okay, so now you meet Dr. Cochran. How are you feeling? Okay, you meet him. What were you looking for from him so that you could feel confident moving forward? Um, well, my, my initial questions, which I had asked, I mean, I had seen other surgeons through the years. Um, my initial questions were, number one, would I be able to play tennis again? And I've gotten the answer no many times and shook hands with the doctor and left and thought, that's not for me. Um, and also, I did not want to stay inpatient in the hospital. I'm not a good patient. I prefer to sleep in my own bed and be in my own home. So I needed somebody who would do it outpatient. Okay, so those were the deciding factors that yes. led you to move forward with Dr. Cochran. Okay. All right, so now you leave his office. How are you feeling? Is the decision made at that point, or are you still pondering, I need to think this through still, or no, I've got this, he's the right man for me, I'm moving forward? Um, I immediately knew that he was the right person to do it because he had the right answers to my questions. Um, when I went in, I wasn't sure, like, how long I would wait. He was ready to do it in two weeks. That was a little too close for me. So I gave myself a month and scheduled it and went from there. Okay, so now, all right, we have surgery scheduled. How are you preparing for it mentally and physically? What are your next steps? Where, where is your state of mind within all this? Um, Physically, I was not sure how long it would be until I would be able to play tennis again. So I played every single day between my appointment and surgery day. I played the night before surgery. Um, I was really nervous. I was actually more nervous when the X-10 arrived because that made it all very real. Oh, for sure. Oh, my goodness, I can imagine. All right, so now you have the X10 delivered. What were you expecting out of this tool, this machine? I honestly had no idea what to expect. Um, I went online. You can't – you can see a picture of it, but you can't really see what it's going to offer you when you look online. Um, it was actually amazing to have a machine that you could – use at your convenience and watch your own progress and monitor your, your own progress, both pre-op and post-op. Okay, so you have the machine and you're playing tennis every day. How much time did you spend on the machine daily prior to surgery? Oh, goodness. I think it was three times a day. Okay. That I was three. doing it and I was doing the entire regimen very compliant. Anything they said to do, I did. I was, I'm very competitive within myself, so I tried to better my results each time pre-op. You know, beat okay. my last and numbers. <laughs> for sure, right? Okay, so it's fun, right? You're not only moving towards a goal, but you're challenging yourself. You're keeping yourself engaged, right? Motivated. That's, that's 
where success comes in, right? When your outlook is positive and you have faith in what you're doing and you're taking action towards a dream, a goal, right? That, that's so fueling, right? Beautiful things for yourself. <laughs> well, yes. I looked up your results. So for those of you who do not know, the X10 will always show our patients, you know, where they're at and how far they're progressing, right? Karen, the, the computer screen's right there. So you always yes. know what's going on. You're never in the dark. But over and above that, we see the results, and once a week we share the results with your surgeon. So I looked up Karen's results, <laughs> and I saw that even prior, so she gets the machine, she, you're, you used it about, I, I counted, about 17 days. So 17 yes. days prior to surgery, Karen is playing tennis. How long for every day? How long were you playing tennis? Uh, we used to play for about between an hour and a half and two hours. Gosh, it's fantastic. All right, so she's playing tennis for an hour or two, and then she's using the X10 faithfully for about three times a day. And what I saw is she was able to increase her strength in her quads, her hamstrings, her calves, and increase her range of motion, meaning her flexibility, within those three three weeks' time. So you made uh, con considerable progress walking into surgery. And then you go into surgery. So let me tell you, let me ask you this. How did you feel? All right, so now you're preparing. You gave yourself a month to prepare for this surgery emotionally, physically. So you've you got the physical thing down pat. How did you prepare emotionally? Honestly, probably denial. <laughs> I, <laughs> okay. I, <laughs> I tried really hard not to think about the surgical part of it until I, well, until the night before when I watched a YouTube video of a knee replacement, which was probably a bad choice. Okay. Yeah, I would think doing that the day before, did that calm you or did that scare you more? I would think that would have frightened you more. Did it frighten you more? <laughs> it did a little bit, but, you know, I got there and my blood pressure was nice and low, and they said, you're not nervous. And I said, oh, okay. <laughs> fantastic. Oh, that's fantastic. Okay, so you were a little nervous, but still so positive and wanting, right, to get your life back so that you could play tennis without pain. Was, was it painful for you to play tennis prior to, to having surgery? It was very painful, and I was taking very large doses of anti-inflammatories both before I played, an hour before I played, and after I played. Okay. All right. So we're ready for change, right? In a positive direction. And you want your life back. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So now you have surgery. You come out of surgery. What happens after that? So you're, you go home the same day. Yes. Right. That's what we had discussed. Okay. So, all right. Tell me what you're feeling. Um, I was very nervous. Um, I know that, that the big thing that they preach is not to let the pain get ahead of you. Um, in your recovery, but I was not getting along very well with the narcotic drugs that were prescribed. Um, even in that, I was not able to eat, I was not able to sleep. Even in that, I still forced myself to get on the X10 every day, even if it meant my head being down on top of the machine while I was doing the exercises. Um, at about, I don't know, 48 hours, I gave up on the narcotics completely and just took Tylenol, and that was amazing. Oh, fantastic. Okay, so a couple of days after surgery, you're in pain, but you, you still are moving your leg. And let me ask you this, what, why did you do that? Because this is a very important 
subject I would really like you to express to everyone out there because what I have experienced on my end because you know I deal with people who are recovering all day long once that pain sets in explain to everyone when that pain sets in and why you knew it was so important to move your leg and get on that machine and use it faithfully three times a day the pain really kind of escalates when the nerve block wears off um, you're on the narcotics, but like I said, I did not do well on them. I took them for the first 48 hours because I kind of had to. Um, once I felt like I could kind of control it with the Tylenol, I went that direction just so I could get some semblance of normal life back. But I think that the most important thing was that I had a goal in my head that I was going to play tennis. And even if it meant being on the machine when I didn't really want to be on the machine, I knew that I wanted to get back to my normal activities, and that was my inspiration for doing it. Okay. Now, all right, so you, I, I, I would love for you to elaborate on this a little bit. So you get on the machine, the machine's moving your leg, right? You're, you're getting movement there. How do you feel after your sessions initially? What, what, um, what were you feeling? It... It's uncomfortable, but so necessary. I mean, you could feel, I could feel it when it's even just in the range of motion, you could feel it almost reducing the swelling as you were on it. Um, and again, it gives you a, a goal each day. Like, you know, it, it's not necessarily like, oh, I can't wait to get on it. But doing it, you know, is one step closer to getting back to real life. Okay, so you were p feeling fueled and positive, even though you were in yes. pain, right? You you had a target in mind, and you were going to use the tools that were in front of you, and you were going to move forward. <laughs> love, love this positive attitude of yours. It's beautiful, Kieran. All right, so then, all right, tell me what was the hardest part of your recovery. Did you reach a point where, oh, boy, you were losing faith a little bit, or things got frustrating? Were you ever at that point? Absolutely. I think the first two weeks, I didn't think I would ever even walk normally again. I was frustrated. I talked to Coach Erin many times. Well, one time in particular when she called and asked if I was, you know, ready to do one of the tests that you monitor on the X10. And I said, yeah, let's do it quick because I'm sitting here with a three-pound bag of Skittles and a Diet Coke. Um, it it was very frustrating to try to do even the hospital prescribed exercises to try to do a quad lift and not be able to move my leg at all. And I shed plenty of tears in those first two weeks. And Aaron just kept saying, hold out. You're going to get to a point where it's going to skyrocket and you're going to feel great. I'm not sure I believed her at the time, but literally at two weeks, the magic happened. Hi. So explain that turnaround. Explain that to us. I, I, I don't know, other than I think the swelling reduces to a point and your leg strength gains to a point that you can actually do what you're required to do or what you're asked to do. I could suddenly lift my leg off the table, which for the first two weeks I could not do. Um, and little by little, like each thing they'd say, you know, push this a little further, and it would happen. And oh. literally at four weeks, I was scheduling Pilates classes 
I was going to a personal trainer. It was it was seriously like magic from two weeks on. Oh, that's fantastic. <laughs> all right. So all right. So within two weeks, um, you went from frustrated to seeing the light and thinking, oh my gosh, this is happening for me. Right. So my due diligence, my my attention to this, my positive attitude, my continuing to move forward using the tools that are in front of me and being compliant is working. This is actually working. Yes. <laughs> so now, okay, so let's talk about tennis. How many, because I hear we have a huge milestone you hit, a, right? A dream come true here. Absolutely. Uh, let's talk about, right? So let's, let's talk about that. Express to everyone when you were able to play tennis and, and feeling all the rewards of all this hard work. Well, I saw Dr. Cochran at four weeks for my follow-up. Um, it was actually the first time I'd seen my incision because it had been covered with the waterproof seal the whole time. Um, once I saw it, saw that it was healed, I said, how long till I can play? And he said, give it four more weeks. So literally to the day at eight weeks, I got on the tennis court. I, um, you know, the first set I was very tentative, but by the second set, I thought I can do this again. Oh, my gosh, that's fantastic. So how long did you play, and did you win? <laughs> uh, I played an hour and a half. We lost the first set when I was, like, afraid to move. The second set, we kicked booty. Oh, how fun is that? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Kara, that's, that's fantastic. Okay, so now, all right, so dream come true. You're back playing tennis. Um, tell me, okay, if you had to share anything with somebody who's contemplating, you know, knee replacement and they have a hobby that really means a lot to them. What advice would you give them? Set a goal. Set the goal that that, that, that is what you want to get back to. And not, not being compliant, not doing the hospital-prescribed exercises, not doing the X10, um, not making yourself uncomfortable because it's not fun. But those aren't options. If you have a goal and you know you want to get back, you know what you have to do to get there. Um, you know, doing the X10 three times a day, every day, until the day it left. And the day it left, I got on the phone and set up the next things that I knew I needed for myself to force me to keep going. So I set up time at the gym. I set up private Pilates so that I wouldn't be looked at in a class, but that I could actually get myself moving again. Oh, that's fantastic. So once you reached your goal, right, because you did it, you, you're now playing tennis. Uh, and from what I, from what I think all of us know in our hearts, you know, to play tennis, you need strong upper body muscles and strong leg muscles, right? So you regained your range of motion. But I, I also noted your strength coming out after using the X10 for four weeks post-surgery, you actually – regained your strength that you had. So Norm, and for those of you who do not know this, and I don't know if you know the statistics on this too, Karen, but normally people who have knee surgery lose about 50% of their quad strength still 30 days post-surgery. So not only did Karen not lose that, you know, 30 days post-surgery, but she actually exceeded her quad strength from when she first started on the machine because uh, you know the machine does give, give us those those numbers so 
now you have your strength, so you have your endurance, and now you have your range of motion, but this is really important, right? So when, when, once you get to your goal, Karen, and you know this so well, you need a game plan, right? And you set that up for yourself. You need a game plan to move forward and continue to not lose what you gained, right? Absolutely. You, you want to keep moving. So, all right, so how, do, how excited are you? Do you play tennis out, outdoors, too, or just indoors? Uh, we play both. We play year-round. Oh, fantastic. So how excited are you to play tennis outside here in Michigan this summer and, and this spring? You must be just ecstatic. <laughs> I'm so excited. Oh, it's beautiful, Karen. It's beautiful. All right. Um, anything else that maybe I haven't questioned you about that you'd like to share? Um, just the little victories. The little victories, like once I got to, I don't know, maybe the three weeks all of a sudden I would realize that I just went up the stairs using both legs or down the stairs using both legs, which I honestly had not done for 10 years. Oh, wow. That's huge. All right. It, so you feel is. safe, right? You feel safe going up and down the stairs. Absolutely. Yeah, stairs, stairs are everywhere. What about getting in and out of the car? I can only imagine. Is that gain so, for you to it's, be so much easier? Yeah. It's remarkable. It really is. The, like I said, the little victories, my phone rang and I ran for the phone. I haven't run for a phone without it hurting in 10 years. That's beautiful. <laughs> it's beautiful, Karen. Wow. All right. So life, um, and, and here's another point. Did, while you were going through that, those 10 years, do you feel you really recognized how small your world was getting? I don't think you realize that until you recover. And then all these doors start opening for you, and you're thinking, "Wow, I can't believe I suffered as long or in these, you know, in these different ways that whole time." Isn't it kind of right? Doesn't that happen? Because it happens kind of gradually, most of the time. Like a little bit more gets taken away of your physical freedom, a little bit more, and a little bit more that you don't even realize <laughs> how yep. deep into this you are until you come out of it. Did you find that? Because I found that in my own life experience. Did you find that too to be true? I did indeed. Um, not surviving on on anti-inflammatories. I mean, I was to the point where I was taking so much that that my tennis friends were concerned about liver damage as opposed to my knee damage. Wow. And I haven't taken it at all. That's fantastic. Yeah. Well. Congratulations, Karen, right? Look at a positive attitude and having the right surgeon, the right tool, right, and the right right activities to keep you motivated and moving forward. Look what results you get. It's beautiful. Yes. Very beautiful. All right. Well, is there anything else you have left to share? Um, just, just like I said, set goals. You can do it. It's intimidating at first, but... But there is another side to the mountain, and it's it's amazing when you get there and you can exist pain-free. Beautifully said, Karen. <laughs> well, my goodness, thank you so much. You've inspired me to keep moving forward on my personal goals, I can tell you that. And I'm sure you'll inspire many more. I, I really thank you, Karen, for, for taking the time and talking to us today. I really appreciate that. Thank you. To learn more, visit X10Therapy.com, 1-855-910-5633.
Just a reminder, it's a huge help if you subscribe to, rate, and review our podcast. It helps people find us. X10, back to full strength.